it's quite complicated for folks yeah. that are used to going out, executing on jobs, and they're not sales tax nerds, right. let me tell you. From Rain Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. We all have dreams of retiring someday. And if you're a business owner, you probably have some thoughts about how you would like to leave your business. On previous episodes of Unsuitable, we've talked about your different exit planning options. But as you're contemplating which exit planning route is right for you, there are some pretty major considerations that you should be aware of that could ultimately impact the overall value of your business. And if you don't address those issues now, you could be throwing up roadblocks before you even get started. Joe Pop, Principal and Director of State and Local Tax, or SALT, services at Ray, is here to share some SALT-related exit planning considerations. Welcome back to Unsuitable, Joe. Well, thanks, Doug. It's nice to be back. I think uh, we, for 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 the time being, we are going to refer to you as Peach Sweaty, though. <laughs> okay. Well, it is the season after all. That's right. <laughs> well, you are like the Alec Baldwin of Unsuitable because I think you have the most the most host appearances here on Unsuitable. I think that is and right. Alec we Baldwin have... holds that record on SNL. Okay. Well, so, we, and we have fact checkers over there that are nodding their heads and saying, yes, I, yes, I, this is I true. I think that's exactly. true. So okay. favorite Alec Baldwin bit, Peach Sweaty. So there you are. That's right. Uh, <laughs> won't repeat it for sake of the podcast, but you know what the reference. And if not, you should definitely look. It's quite the treat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, glad to have you here. So... Um, we talk about state and local tax issues, obviously, mm-hmm. quite a lot. These these things um, have a way of coming back to to bite people uh, in in the in the behind, so to speak. Yeah. But I but I think what people don't focus on is from from the other side of things, the value that it can create. In That's your true. Business. So let me tell you about this experience I recently had out in the. Um, presentation circuit. So I'm replacing a speaker that was talking about sale of business. And um, I'm kind of a last minute change. So I'm walking in, the program still has the the old information on it. So everybody's showing up because they're selling their business. Sure. And I'm like, hi, we're talking about salt. How's it going, guys? <laughs> you know, which is great. And uh, at the very beginning, I've got the slide deck, you know, I've kind of prepared and I knew this was going to kind of come up. And I said, how many people are here because you're selling your business? And everybody raised their hand. And I'm like, how many people are here about salt? No one raised their hand. I'm like, okay, good. So this is the audience I like. Flex the fingers. Okay, here we go. So um, it was actually a really great presentation because I took everything that I normally do, like talking about um, risk to the business, operational things you could do and all of that. And I flipped all of it and I said, you're a person who's looking to sell your business in two, three, five years, six months right now. And the whole thing, I kind of retooled for that. And these are like contractor guys. These mm-hmm. are guys that are out in the field, um, a lot of owners there, but a lot of you know production people. And I had every single person looking at me and following along and really engaged. And it was because a lot of these salt things, they do impact in a huge sure. way if you're going to be selling your business. A lot of the people that I talk to that are uh, entrepreneurial, 
they like taking risks. Sure. Right? I mean, like they're out there. I know you work in the construction industry a lot. You know the guys. You you aren't going to go and be a construction contractor and have a business like that if you want to play it safe. Right. Right. So you're already kind of predisposed to take some risks. A lot of times when I'm talking with these these guys, some of the things they're going to save them money right now, they want to do. Sure. The other things that are just, well, you know, you have less risk. They're like, yeah, okay. We'll yeah, just, that sounds great. We'll, but... uh, we'll leave that one for next year, maybe. Right. Like next summer, let's come back to that. Let's put a calendar in. Uh, so, but for these guys, if you flip the, the script a little bit and you talk about these things are operational, but if you don't fix them now, it's going to cost you a multiple when you go to sell your business. Right. That'll grab somebody. Mm-hmm. That'll grab their attention. And so um, that was really kind of a really neat sort of situation for yeah. me recently to go through that because it kind of just made me look at everything a little different. Even the things that were for the back office tax people, the sales people, flipping the script on that, every single person therefore became a person who was adding value to the business right? all the way down to the sales guys and the guys in the field. And it was just a great, you know, a great uh, happening that um, wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been in that situation where right. I was replacing somebody. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about that. If you're if you're a business owner and, okay, you've got, you know, perhaps some, you don't know what your risks are. You don't know where you might have nexus, but we've been involved. I know you've personally been involved in some M&A transactions where yep. that that's where it comes back home to roost, so to speak. The, the Either the buying or selling party is doing due diligence and they're like, whoa, wait a minute, you haven't addressed this. And That's right. Uh, sit, talk about some experiences you've had. Yeah, there. so, you know, um, we have a, a number of these engagements that are going on. Um, we're on both sides of due diligence. So if you're going to buy a business, you can get a pretty nice discount. If the other person has had this sort of risk-seeking attitude in the past, you can get a nice discount when you're going to buy a business. And then the same thing, unfortunately, will happen to you if you're going to sell. And so, um, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is, well, how are your reps and warranties going to go right. when you're when you're in the transaction? So for those of you who aren't familiar with that, a rep and a warranty is a whole section in this sale of your business uh, contract where you go through and you make a representation or or you make a statement um, saying this is true for my business this 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 and one of the easier ones is we're registered in filing right. in all of the states yeah. that we do business and if you're a contractor and you got employees in seven states and you file in one right. W- what do you, how are you going to navigate through that rep and warranty? You're not going to be able to. Right. And so um, one of the things that come up in due diligence is there are these pretty easy to find situations that will come up. Where do you guys have employees? Where do you have sales? Right. You know, and that very quickly leads to this reps and warranty section, which is very difficult to navigate. And these days, um, they do have a re- what's called reps and warranties insurance, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But it doesn't cover you if you know that the thing that you're saying is wrong. Right. Right. So, unfortunately, um, the threshold for some of these things is really low. Where do you do business? Do you have exemption certificate collection processes? Do you file sales tax returns? Do you know if your stuff is taxable? Like, all of these sort of very easy sort of questions, they come up in due diligence some of them come up through the reps and warranty section where you're going through and you're just saying, look, these are things that are true for my business. And then some other ones are, you know, even if you don't have a super sophisticated tax person, 
asking if someone is registered in a state and filing there, like that doesn't, that takes a first year associate. Right. You exactly. know, that does tax returns. Yep. Who's going to find that? Yeah. So a lot of these things are just things you can't escape. They're going to come up. And then, you know, the the couple of, of clients that we have right now, we're going through this. Uh, one of them is selling to a public company. Okay. You know, so there are some some restrictions and and things that maybe wouldn't be there normally because mm-hmm. you're selling to a public company. And um, in that situation, everybody on the other side knows the game, right? They sure. all know exactly yeah. what's going on. We're on the other side of it. We know what's going on. So we're talking about it. And it's then it's less of a adversarial kind of thing and more of a, well, how are we going to fix this? Right. We want you to buy an asset that, that you're comfortable with. How do we get it into a good place for you? Yeah. At a at a at a cheaper price. Right. And well, I don't want to deal with it. You guys just cut me a check and cut me a smaller check. Right. So that's kind of what we're working through right now. The bad part about that is if you wait till the very end like that, it costs more than if you just do it earlier. Right. You know. So some of those issues just are, are just like that. At that point, you're committed to the deal, right? And it's tough to it's tough to go back the other way. You've that's got right. that emotional acceptance already that the deal is going to happen. So, yeah. And the, the momentum on that, uh, we've, we, we talk sometimes about that where once you've made that decision to sell and you have a buyer, you you have this momentum going like, okay, I'm going to retire now. I got right. this, you know, I'm selling this thing. It's good. I've told the family. And then someone says, you know, you're going to get $5 million less because you have these salt <laughs> issues. And you're like, what? Well, <laughs> I still want to be done, yeah. you know, so maybe I can find a way to square that with myself. Um, but often, you know, we get engaged and you'll end up paying something that's not $5 million, yeah. you know, to get get things kind of fixed. Yeah. Um, but so. you talk about, again, as a multiple of EBITDA, because that's what typically you're looking at in any type of transaction, whether it's internal or external. That's right. Um, this, that that the multiplier gets you know it gets big really quick. You know, and that's a good point because I was just talking with our um, valuation uh, BV expert Mary Beth about this the other day, and we're talking about EBITDA. And if you if you haven't heard that on the podcast before, here's the tease: go and look that up. Right, it's a very important term to know. But it's earnings before right. a couple different things, and then you multiply it by some hopefully high multiplier, right? If you're selling and that's the value of your business. So it's earnings before and then taxes is right. one of the things in there. Yep. And so you might look at that and you're like, well, this guy, Joe Pop is telling me about sales tax problems, you know, in my business. But I have one up on Joe because I know EBITDA is earnings before taxes. So it's not going to matter because <laughs> they're going to value this this high. And then, yeah, I'm going to have issues, but it's going to be fine. Right. So I got this. I got this. And so it's true. Taxes are not transactional taxes. Right. We're talking about EBITDA and the multiplier. So income taxes, yes. Yes. But sales tax, no. Not so much. So, you know, a company that we recently talked to has got about $6 million of sales tax exposure. Ouch. Because they have never charged on their purchases and they've never charged on their sales. And so- so Sometimes, e- either end. They're right, <laughs> either end. And so, get you know, there's one of those that they they didn't do the correct thing. They should have, you know, been paying tax. And so, for them, it's, well, what if your EBITDA is times 10? Right. Let's say you got a great, you know, great situation. What's well, a $60 million ding? Yeah. Not $6 million now. 
And so what if you were to go out and I were to sell you, you know, if you spend $3 million, you're going to fix this. So you go and you spend it and maybe you spend it a couple of years before. Right. Right. Well, what's your, what's your savings? Could be 60 million minus three, right. it's 57. That's pretty good. Like Still that's a pretty a, good ROI there. Yeah, that's right? a pretty good return. So, um, but that's if you have the time to correct that before you get to those calculations. Because yeah. once you get to those calculations, yeah, you're going to, you're going to hit the three, but it's three times 10, it's 30 million. Yeah. You know, so anyway, that's, that's something that does come up very often is the timing and um, whether or not they're doing stuff on the front end or if they're waiting all the way to the end, they're already in contract or right. they're trying to get in contract and then these things come up. So, so pre-due diligence then, what, what should I be concerned about if I'm a, a business owner? Is it, do I look at my vendor relationships? Where, where do I start? It's a great question. So what I tell people is the due diligence questions are pretty easy and high level. Are you registered in all of the states you do business in? Right. That's one, that's one of the reps. Yeah. Ask your accountant. Ask your internal person that deals with that kind of stuff. Because as the business owner, you got lots of stuff going on. You're probably not aware of that. Mm-hmm. That's not a you issue. That's a CFO. That's a controller. That's some other financial person. Maybe you've outsourced that to your accountant. And you could just say, hey, where are we registered? Is it every place we do business? It's not. Okay, I got a problem right? That's easy. Our stuff, when we sell it, is there sales tax on it? Is it taxable? Do we know? The customers that we have, why aren't we charging them tax if we know that this thing is taxable? Oh, because it's exempt. They're exempt. Do we have some kind of proof? You know, so these are some questions just to ask high level, right. pretty easy, right? Questions. And you'll know if you have a problem. And the problem is, you know, the answer to those questions. So <laughs> right. you kind of have a path. Well, then we need to register in those places. Right. We need to start doing this. We need to start collecting tax. So they're pretty easy. If you ever go to your accountant for year-end tax planning, just ask a simple question like, can you give me like a due diligence list? Like just a couple quick things that people ask. They should be able to give that to you. It's going to be generic, not necessarily specific to your business, but it's not going to cost you anything, really. Right. Go through that list with someone internally. Can you meet all those things? Right. If you can't, there you go. You know, then maybe re-engage the accountant, talk to your lawyer, whoever is your good trusted business advisor, and just go through that list. Yeah. Well, and it's about, you know, we've been through this with with a couple of clients about instilling those processes and procedures within their business, kind of building those habits within what yep. they do. And really that goes all throughout the organization. You're talking about Salespeople, you're talking about people who are out in the field, perhaps, yeah. you know, all the way obviously to the to the top and just understanding that. Absolutely. I mean, like as an example, if you are out in the construction industry and many states, just about all states, have some kind of rule that covers when a particular something becomes a real property project. You know, so if you can see kind of behind me, we have this TV screen, right? <laughs> and behind the TV screen is a wall. Well, that wall, most people would say, is real property. It's drywall. You know, it's got wall coverings on it. That's real property. So at some point in that chain, there was drywall, which was definitely tangible and moved around. And then it's real property. That is like the most complicated set of rules across the country in terms of who's supposed to pay the tax and when. And so when you're doing job costing mm-hmm. or you're doing a proposal, so you're the guy, and you're like, you know what? That's a tax thing. That's the back office yeah, I'm people. Not, it's yeah, not whatever. me. But 
are you able to quote appropriately based on this should be our subtotal, this should be our sales tax or tax? I want to make sure I'm not, you know, screwing it up. And then the customer's like, well, why are you, you changed the price on me. That's not fair. Right. You, you didn't tell me there was going to be tax, you know. So these are some of the things that bleed all the way down to even people that are taking stuff out of stock. Is there something that you need to be keeping track of if you're pulling a wire out of stock? What's that job that it's going to? Do you have to communicate that back to your back office person? Right. That everybody, all the way from the owner, who should really care, yeah. all the way down to the folks that are doing sales, everybody has a piece of this. Right. And again, I think it's best practices we've seen if you get that sort of culture of, of thought instilled in your business, at least you're raising the issue and so you yep. can deal with it. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody is going to be a sales tax nerd sure. like me. That's right. fine. I get that. You're, they're missing out on life, <laughs> but what are you going to do? Uh, so for those folks, it's really about, can you translate that to something that's very impactful? And so sometimes what we'll do is we'll do these like flashcards that we'll give to the folks that are proposing and we'll say, well, if this is the project, make sure that you include sales tax. Mm -hmm. If this is the project, the tax actually goes into the price, but then right. it's not going to be line item. That's all they need. Right. They don't need to know the whys and right. all of that. You just have to give them a tool that'll work. Yep. You know, so. Give me the yeah. process and, and I'll implement it. And, yeah. And just just give me something uh, that's at my level that I can deal with. If I'm taking wire out of stock, it's for a nonprofit job. I mark it on this page of the, you know, the, the clipboard. If it's for a taxable job, I mark it on this page of the clipboard. Right. Easy stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's remarkable, like, the level of um, controls that you can add to the business, like you said, mm -hmm. that people just have no interest in doing. Yeah. Like, it's just, uh, it's too difficult, so I'm just going to pay that $3 million, you know, on the back end when I, right. when I sell the business. I'll take that risk, and yeah, that that's what they think at the time, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Sounds okay. Now, talk to me maybe a little bit about attachment. I know that's a big, a, a big issue, particularly when it comes to construction projects, and then the rules are different, obviously, in different states. Yeah. And Ohio's a bit unique, I think, in that regard, correct? Yeah, so the states are fairly uniform into one of two categories. And so, you know, think about it like the drywall that we have behind us. So first, there's this, this idea of, is the thing attached? So is that television attached? It is, but you can easily move it without damaging it. So it's not really attached. It's like a picture. It's just hanging on the wall. But the drywall... You can't move that without knocking it out, knocking the studs behind it out, you know, all of that. And so the very first thing that states look at is, is it actually physically attached, right? And then in a lot of states, you're done. That's it. It's attached. That means this is the tax structure right here. Ohio is an attachment plus state. You know, we have to be special. Of course. And so there are lots of special states, you know, across the country. And so they say, well, Attachment is nice, but then you need something more. We need to look at one other fact, how you use it to determine whether or not it's attached for purposes of who's supposed to pay the tax on it, right? And so the cases, and I'm sure I've, I've mentioned this super briefly at some point on here before, think of a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Is it one of the landmark cases in Ohio is on a roller coaster. So if you look at the roller coaster, is it attached? You hope so. <laughs> Better be. 
right? You hope it is. Um, at least it's attached enough. You're not going to kill you, someone else, you know. So it's attached. Okay, fine. It's in the ground. We have these big concrete and steel structures that are attached. Uh, it is attached, right? Ohio considers that roller coaster the exact same as the television that's hanging on the wall behind me, just hanging on a nail. Exact same tax treatment. <laughs> and you're like, well, but those are different. Right. They are, but not for tax purposes. Yeah. Right. And that's that whole attachment versus non-attachment thing is in attachment states, it's attached. Yeah. You know what you see, you know yeah. it when you see it. Great. Then you know what the tax treatment is. In these attachment plus states, man, construction contractors have got a time of it. Yeah. Um, because you need to look at the next piece. Right. How's it being used? Uh, is it a business fixture or not? That's kind of the term for that. And it, it's quite complicated for folks yeah. that are used to going out executing on jobs and they're not sales tax nerds right. let me tell you so well and, and not to scare people but that's why i'd call joe or pete today pete yeah, sweaty that's right um that's why i'd call him and and you know have you come in and do an assessment and understand okay these are my risks this is where where that that lies you know it doesn't yeah. take a ton of effort to to go through that assessment correct? no no i mean um it's like most due diligence problems you're going to find it 15 minutes or less yeah very easy you find the right person to answer your question simple question you know hey guys um do we know when we're doing a job for a nonprofit or school district do we have a form that someone fills out no no we don't <laughs> Okay, well, that's a problem, right? You found it in like five minutes, right. super easy. Fixing it is troublesome. That's yeah. the thing that takes a long time. But the initial diagnosis, I mean, to see if you have a problem, super easy. Yeah, so it's it's well worth the, the effort to investigate. If I'm any yeah. business owner, I don't know why you, you wouldn't want to know where your risks lie, that's for sure. Right. So, well, that's that's great. Good stuff, Joe. Sure. I appreciate you coming on and um, always something to think about, particularly uh, as we are at this point in the, the cycle where there are a lot of business transitions, a lot of liquidity events going on. It's something that needs to be dealt with yep. before you get into the due diligence phase. I think <laughs> Absolutely. Lesson for the day. So uh, we'll appreciate you being on. Um, thanks again. If you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's show. You can subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes or wherever you like to get your podcasts, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 